The following talk was recorded at Label the Planet 2021 Empowering Users, the annual conference on current issues in ethics, social justice and technology from the Free Software Foundation. Label the Planet is a live conference and speakers often use slides and other visual tools to assist their presentation. You can see the videos of these talks at media.libreplanet.org or on the FSF Peertube channel. Label Planet speakers do not represent the mission of the Free Software Foundation. We host speakers talking about their use of free software in different kinds of political and commercial work. The FSF supports their freedom, but does not take positions on any political issues other than those necessary to uphold the principles of free software. Like all the FSF's work on behalf of the grievance of all computer users, Nemo Planet is made possible by thousands of individuals. To keep our work going, please consider becoming an associate member via my.fsf.org join or making a donation at my.fsf.org donate. You can stay informed by subscribing to our newsletter, The Free Software Supporter, at fsf.org fss and for more information on LibrePlanet, you can visit libreplanet.org conference. Hello and welcome to the Saturn Room. My name is Patrick Masson, and I would like to introduce Matthias Kushner uh, and his presentation entitled Public Money, Public Code, a Campaign Framework to Promote Software Freedom. Matthias is the president of the Free Software Foundation Europe, or FSE. Since beginning with GNU Linux in 1999, Matthias has dedicated his work to free software advocacy and the need for technology to empower society, not restrict it. In his talk today, Matthias will explain FSFE's public money, public code campaign and share how can you can use their framework and ideas to advocate for free software friendly policies where you live. We'll have questions at the end of the session. If you have a comment or question for Matthias, please post it in the Saturn Rooms IRC channel and I'll forward on to Matthias at the end for discussion. So welcome Matthias and I will now hand it over to you. Hello, thank you everyone. Thank you, Patrick, for the introduction. So, yes, I would like to talk with you today about the public money, public code framework and how you can make use about that to promote software freedom. So, I mean, in school, we often learn some theories about how um, the political system works, that we have some branches in government, uh, some checks and balances there. We elect someone and then they are in charge of their area or their institution. So, I mean, in this case here, you have a president and below that president, there's then all the power um, of those uh, nuclear missiles. While um, when we think about how um, our society is influenced more and more about technology, is this still the right picture, how we learned it in school? Or isn't it more like this, that those who control technology in the end control a lot of the things what can and what cannot be done in our society. So, I mean, here with this audience, I will not go into the details of why free software is important for our society. I think that's, uh, that's quite clear here for most of you attending and there are many other talks focusing on this. I will talk more about how we were doing this campaign and how you can make use about that. But to very quickly um, catch up there, so, our goal was for a very long time, I mean, FSFE was founded in 2001 as in the sister organization of the FSF. And uh, our goal was always to make sure that um, every individuals, every uh, companies, but 
for this case here, also every government or public administration can use the software for any purpose, can study how it works, can share it with others and then improve it as well or ask others to improve it. So we have doing that for many, many years and helping uh, governments to um, use more free software, to share it, to reuse it. But uh, yeah, we were getting to the point where we thought, how can we boost this? How can we go faster and make sure that more public administrations make use about free software, benefit from free software, and in the end, many others in our society and we ourselves benefit from these changes. So what we did was um, that we wanted to create a framework so that more people around the world can use this to um, advertise uh, and promote software freedom. So all of the things I will now um, explain you, those are the tools which we are providing and uh, which uh, several volunteers, staffers worked on to make sure that you have some tools available to, um, to promote uh, free software towards public administrations. In the end, those are just some tools which are there. They are there for you to modify them, to adopt them, to, uh, to adapt them for your own needs and find your own hack how you can advertise uh, free software and how you can make sure that uh, public administrations around yourself in, in the area which interests you, that they make more use about free software. So how did all that start? We had a campaign workshop when we came to the conclusion that we wanted to, to uh, work on this topic. We did that together with some experts on running campaigns and brought together lots of volunteers from uh, all around Europe together in one place. And we spent one weekend together and thought about how do we do this? What tools do we need? What timeline would we have to stick to? How should we call all of that? And uh, we were thinking about all those aspects there. That was a pretty intense weekend. And, uh, but in the end, we were quite happy with the, with the outcome of it. I mean, you might see here, there are also some, uh, some ideas at the beginning about the, the tagline or the name for the campaign, which in hindsight, I'm pretty happy that we didn't uh, do it like that. And I think it was way more successful with what we went afterwards with public money, public code, and not some of the others, uh, other ideas here. But yeah, that's how it all started with um, several volunteers and staffers in uh, one big room. And uh, then we spent the weekend together there. So yes, then what did we do first? We set up a website. And uh, this website is publicco.eu, where we described uh, the advantages of free software for public administration. Why is that important? And um, we then also afterwards uh, translated that in several languages. Meanwhile, it is translated in over 20, uh, in 20 languages there. So you will see that on the website there. If one of the languages is missing there, which you care about, please get in touch with us and help us to translate it into your native language so we can reach more people there. So first thing, we wanted to have a website we can refer people to and uh, more people will see what is going on there for this, um, uh, for this topic. Then we wrote an open letter. In this open letter, we demanded that publicly financed software should be published under free software license and that all software which is financed through public uh, money should afterwards be public code. 
we asked lots of people to sign this. So um, meanwhile, it is signed by over uh, 30,000 individuals and over 200 organizations who also support uh, this general goal that there should be more free software in public administrations. And uh, yeah, here's just a small uh, selection of some of the um, organizations which are supporting this. I hope that after this talk, if you haven't signed it yet, that you will and the organization you care about, uh, you're involved in, might also do. We accept uh, this either by the contact details on the website or, I mean, one of the nice things there was also for us when we received uh, um, signatures in pull requests, like in this case here. So yeah, feel free to choose a way what uh, that works for you. We are happy if there are more organizations who stand up for this claim that we can show how large this, uh, this group of organization and individuals is who are supporting this. Then the next thing that uh, we already at the beginning of the campaign weekend uh, thought about is that we need a short video explaining this topic because most people will not have the time to read along a website and especially politicians will not have a lot of time to read through long documents there. We need to have something short. We need to, um, to create a video for that. And um, that was actually one of the most difficult parts, I would say, of the, of the campaign as well, because um, in this process, it was a long back and forth about uh, a smaller team from FSFE volunteers and staff and the video producer. And um, yeah, it's, it was always difficult to make it simpler, make it simpler. Can you say it like this? Ah, that might be a bit too, too simple and not covering how the reality actually is. And so we had a uh, longer, longer discussions there, but in the end, yeah, we came up with, with this, uh, with this video. Um, yeah, maybe I'll, um, Michael, can you, can you now um, play it? Imagine for a moment our government would treat our public infrastructure like our streets and public buildings the same way it treats our digital infrastructure. Our members of parliament would work in a rented space where they weren't allowed to vote in favour of stricter environmental laws because the owner, a multinational corporation, didn't allow that kind of voting in its buildings. Nor will it allow a long overdue upgrade to more than 500 seats. This means some members of Parliament have to stay outside in the street. And a couple of blocks away, a brand new gym is already being torn down just six months after it was built. It's being replaced with an exact replica at great expense. And the only difference, the new manufacturer also provides street ball as an added feature. Meanwhile, every night through a hidden back door in the City Hall, Documents that contain sensitive information on citizens, from bank data to healthcare records, are being stolen. But no one is allowed to do anything about it, because searching for back doors and locking them would infringe the signed user agreement. And as absurd as this sounds, when it comes to our digital infrastructure, things like the software and programs that our governments are using every day, this comparison is pretty accurate because mostly our administrations procure proprietary software. This means a lot of money goes into licenses that last for a limited amount of time and restrict our rights. We aren't allowed to use our infrastructure in a reasonable way. 
And because the source code of proprietary software is usually a business secret, finding security holes or deliberately installed backdoors is extremely difficult and even illegal. But our public administrations can do better if all publicly financed software were to be free and open source. We could use and share our infrastructure for anything and for as long as we wanted. We could upgrade it, repair it, and remodel it in any way to fit our needs. And because the open source in free software means that the blueprint is openly readable for everyone, this makes it much easier to find and close security holes. And if something practical and reliable was created digitally, not only can you reuse the blueprint all over your country, but the actual thing itself can be deployed anywhere, even internationally. A great example of this is Fix My Street. Originally developed in Great Britain as a free software app to report, view and discuss local problems like potholes, it's now being used all over the world. Everyone benefits because new features and improvements are shared by everyone. If all our software were developed like this, we could stop struggling with restrictive licenses and could start thinking about where and how software could help us. We could concentrate on creating a better society for everyone. So, if you think that tomorrow's infrastructure should be in our own hands, help us now by sharing this video and visiting our website, publiccode.eu. It's time to make our demand. Public money, public code. So, yes, that was the video which we came up with. And that video is now not just available in English, but uh, thanks to our Dutch uh, team, it's also available, uh, our um, team in the Netherlands, it's also available in Dutch now. And uh, we also have one translation in uh, French, which was provided by April. Thanks a lot for that again. Then it's available in German, in Italian, Portuguese, Russian, Spanish, and since a few days also in Swedish, provided by another organization who wants to run a campaign there for public money, public code. Those are the languages which are available at the moment. If you're interested in helping with any uh, videos in other languages, please let us know, um, especially if you want to run a campaign in your country or in your area uh, where this might be helpful. Please get in touch with us and maybe we can help there that we get this also done in your native language so you can convince more people there with this short video in case you like it. So, yes. Then, beside this video, what uh, what we also wanted to have are um, is some good um, some good pictures. So whenever the media reports about it, you have some good pictures you can provide to them. So um, some activists in different cities they uh, use so-called global projectors, which um, which use light uh, to display um, slogans and um, things on public buildings. Uh, yeah, you can use that for this. Like in, in this case, it's the um, around the German parliament where yeah, they also displayed uh, messages there about public money, public code. 
So that's uh, one, one component there where we wanted to make sure that we always have good pictures there, which can be used for this, which by the way, is also quite a lot of fun uh, from what I heard from the people involved there. So yes, that's this part. Then um, we encourage people to directly reach out to politicians with our message and the videos. This is now in German. Uh, I will quickly translate that to you. So um, many people, they reached out to politicians in elections. And that's now um, one of the replies my mother got when she was contacting, um, contacting candidates for the uh, German federal uh, government. And uh, what he what he replied there after she contacted him was, um, I think it's uh, really astonishing what your son and the FSFE accomplished uh, after the election. I would like to get in contact with them and see um, how to what what we can do about this. Uh, we politicians are depending on such external uh, input and expertise there. So that was very nice there. It's also afterwards that person was a minister. Um, in the hierarchy directly below the minister of a federal ministry. So that's of course something which is very helpful there. If um, those messages are not just coming from an organization which has <laughs> a free software in their name, but uh, it's also coming from citizen, from people who elect uh, the politicians. And so they don't hear just from one person or one organization, but from many, many, many um, people out there. So yeah, that's why we are also encouraging people, uh, all of you, and uh, ask you to encourage others, use this material to directly talk to a politician about that, write them an email about that, go to their, um, to their open meetings, uh, call them about this, um, send them the, the video and uh, use the other materials which are available there. So yes, that's one thing which we made pretty good um, um, pretty good experience with when more people are doing that, that that can have uh, an effect there. So another thing we did is, I mean, we just didn't wait or let all the other people do that to contact politicians about that. We also, um, we also did that like um, at one I Love Free Software Day, which is always the 14th of February. We prepared letters for the German government in this case and uh, explained why free software is important, what uh, important work free software developers and contributors are doing for our society, and uh, explained them also about uh, public money, public code. And what we did was then we put that in an envelope, put a rose, uh, put roses there as well, and every um, every politician in the in the parliament then got one of those letters on the 14th of February. Beside that, um, after a while, what we also did was that beside the website and uh, video and um, the, um, the, uh, some materials which we had available like stickers and other things, um, we also created a brochure. Um, this is there in case um, you contact uh, politicians about it or other political decision makers and they have further questions. They say, yeah, that sounds good, but I want to learn more about that. So we created this brochure, Public Money, Public Code. And um, in this brochure, which you will find on our website as a download or which you can also order from the FSFE's website, it's covering all kinds of topics like um, general explanation about what free software is, why it is important, 
Um, Wi-Free software isn't less secure than proprietary software. The advantages of sharing and reusing software for public administrations. Some examples which are already used in different public administrations around the world and so on. So have a look at the brochure, see how you can use that. Print it yourself, order it printed from us. It's at the moment uh, available in, uh, in English. It was then uh, in a cooperation with uh, part of the German government translated into German. It's translated in Czech and in um, Brazilian Portuguese. So if you're interested, it's a lot of work to translate this one, but if you're interested, get um, in, cut in touch with us and uh, then we can also work to make this brochure available in other languages as well. So yes, as I said, that's then the part <clears throat> which is they got interested after an email, looking at the website, watching the video, you can provide this. Or for example, when you also, you go to one of uh, their meetings and hopefully the pandemic allows that at uh, time in future again, go there, take this brochure with you, give it to them as a reminder. That's something which is uh, I think quite uh, a good tool then to, to use as a next step. And yeah, that's, uh, for the contacting politicians yourself part. Um, there we also now provide uh, workshops. So when you have a group um, and you want to reach out to politicians in your area, like in your country or in your region, um, when you are dedicated to that and want to do that, we also provide workshops and explain you what, uh, at what uh, experiences we made, what worked in one cases, what didn't work in other cases. So you don't have to start from scratch, but can learn from the experience. Many volunteer groups and staffers from the FSV made uh, already about that. And when I talk about uh, contacting public administrations there, I'm not talking just about like political decision makers, government, but I'm also talking about universities, uh, which are financed with public money or libraries or any other institutions which are out there and where you think that you can make a change there that you can request that the publicly uh, financed software they produce is then afterwards also shared again under free software license. So um, I just want to give one quick example of one of the groups, which was quite um, amazing what they accomplished there. So that's the, uh, the uh, some members of the Pika Pika Hack Lab in uh, Asturias. And what they did was uh, they used our materials um, and uh, contacted politicians in Asturias. And um, they, um, they really uh, started with writing emails about it, uh, sending the video, they, um, they then got in contact with them by phone. They reached out to um, made appointments and had face-to-face -face meetings with them. Um, for those who didn't uh, get back to them by email, they knocked on the door of each one of those uh, politicians in the different parties and talked with them about this issue. And in the end, what they accomplished was that uh, the Austorius uh, um, parliament uh, signed the open letter from Public Money Public Code website and said that uh, from there on, they would like to publish um, publicly financed software under free software license. So really amazing what a few people who are dedicated there can do. I mean, it <clears throat> was not a short term activity. It was over several months, uh, over a year. But uh, yeah, really, really amazing to see how a small group of six, seven people can have such an impact there.
On uh, some other levels, we also seen quite uh, some progress there. For example, the largest European Conservative Party, the German CDU, which is also the party from the um, from this politician who replied to this uh, email by my mother, um, they also then um, made a um, made a decision in in their party. I'll show it to you. Uh, so this is why the following will apply to all public digitization projects in Germany in the future. The awarding of contracts and funding will be subject to compliance with the principles of open source and open standards. Software financed by public funds should serve all citizens. In addition, free and open APIs should facilitate access for independent developments. And that's from, from a party which for many years was more blocking progress there and uh, steps towards more free software. So that was really amazing to see how um, when this uh, decision was made in uh, at the end of 2019 and uh, from there on how um, politicians when they actually then understood what uh, what free software is about and there are some who want to make some progress there, how fast uh, things can then uh, start to go on. So yes, what we afterwards also saw was that um, uh, that is also during the last months uh, impacted um, the some of the tools um, tackling the pandemic. So especially with the um, Corona warning apps um, in Europe, we saw that uh, in the discussions, uh, free software was the gold standard for, for this. So um, there was a large demand that those tools should be free software so that citizens can trust what those tools are doing, what those applications are doing on their phones. Um, so um, that was a huge success there from our perspective that those apps were then published under free software license. And um, several months ago, it was actually even um, possible since uh, a few months now, it's now also possible to run this Corona tracing app, install it from F-Droid, where it was added there. They removed some dependencies there. And um, with the with some updates in Micro-G, you can now run the German Corona warning app with completely free software there. So you don't need any of the proprietary components anymore. Furthermore, also quite nice was that the, um, the iOS app about that, that's also um, using the FSFE reuse uh, guidelines for showing the license information um, where maybe some of you have heard a talk from the, uh, one talk before by Max Mehl about our reuse tool. So under reuse.software, you can read more about that if you have missed that talk. So yeah, and what's, what's, what's really great there was uh, to see how the discussions uh, in the last months were quite different from how they have been uh, before. So um, when there is a discussion about a new app being introduced before we as the FSFE were able to say, but that should be free software. There were so many others who already uh, mentioned that and talked about that. And there are discussions in public television and uh, in newspapers and so on in places where we haven't seen that uh, before that people are discussing why those tools should be free software. And um, so that was a, a huge step also there for, for public money, public code to see that and have this discussion out there so people see why free software is important and also transfer that to other areas than just uh, Corona warning apps or uh, in general um, software to tackle the pandemic. Yes, so um, before we go into the discussion, 
changing behavior of public administrations is a lot of work and it takes a very, very long time. So, I mean, in, at the FSFE, we're involved in this work since 2001, so 20 years now this year. We talk with politicians all the time, explain them the advantages of free software. At the beginning, they looked at us and thought like, what do they want? Uh, talk about IT with my sysadmin. Um, after a while, they looked more into this and uh, we now made some progress. After we made some progress, there are some decisions which bring you back two steps again. And uh, then you have to go on and on again. And it often feels like uh, you are walking up a high mountain and uh, there is almost no progress there. But I mean, when you then look back 20 years, you see that you actually accomplished quite a lot there in changing the uh, how politicians, political decision makers think about free software. So while it's, uh, while it's very difficult to do all of that, it's of course way more fun and uh, way more motivating if you are not alone on this path. Of course, uh, yeah, if you, if you know that you want to make an impact there and you, um, you have to walk this path for another five, 10, 20 years, it's uh, way better to do that together in a group, together in a, a larger movement with people who are supporting that. So that's why I would like to encourage all of you to uh, help with that, to, to join these efforts there for free software in public administrations. And um, yes, I just wanted to finish uh, before the discussion with a short quote. One of uh, my first teacher wrote down for me once, um, it's many small people in many small places do many small things that can alter the face of the world. So it's really not about one person who has to do all the work uh, on herself. It's uh, about all the different people, all of you, all your friends, all your colleagues, um, uh, your relatives who do one small thing to um, go further towards uh, the goal of having software freedom as the default out there. So I hope that many of you will join this, will continue to, to um, be active in the software freedom movement so that we can change the society for better. So thank you very much for listening. I am looking very much forward to discuss the questions with you. One last thing, I would like to thank very much all the supporters of the FSFE for their financial support for the FSFE. And of course, all the volunteers um, who are contributing many, many hours uh, a year for all the work uh, of the FSFE. Without them, we wouldn't be where we are now and we wouldn't have accomplished all the things I now just mentioned for public money, public code. So thanks you thank you very much for this. Uh, thanks, uh, Matthias. Uh, we do have some questions here um, from the chat there. I'll let you know there was an active discussion going on amongst the uh, IRC participants um, okay. <laughs> uh, back and forth as you were going. Um, some direct questions were um, first, uh, is there a platform or web form similar to uh, Frag den Stadt, uh, excuse my German or uh, mm -hmm. Dutch or whatever that, um, it's um, yeah, and oh, so I'm getting more notices here. Um, is there a web form similar to that um, to ask the state um, to support this campaign? Uh, there is um, on uh, publicco.eu, you will find an open letter which you can sign. And we are using this, um, this, um, this list of signatures 
when we are reaching out to politicians for elections again, for example, like um, this year, there will be an upcoming one in Germany again, where we will also sh show them again, like see how many people are supporting that from this country. In other regions, we did the same. Um, it's it's not like the Frag den Staat, which means like uh, ask your uh, government uh, platform, which is a freedom of information request platform. But um, I mean, what what we are doing there is that uh, we have also worked with um, with the people from Frag den Staat to request documents there, uh, which uh, we need to um, uh, in in Germany then to uh, to yeah better uh, inform politicians about free software. So a lot of things, they are often not available. A lot of information on, are not available. So we have requested uh, several documents already through this platform so we can better understand how much money do uh, does the government at the moment uh, spend on software, how much of that is proprietary, how much of that is free software, um, how much um, do certain uh, services, platforms, uh, new development costs, um, who was involved in setting uh, them up, uh, how was all of that handled. So yes, um, with platforms like this, you can you can get a lot of insight to better than argue for software freedom in the government. Um, it's uh, in, You don't have that for all countries. Uh, you also don't have that on all government levels in Germany, for example, then in, in this case. But uh, such platforms are very helpful to uh, for as another tool to accomplish this goal of the campaign. Okay, and that, that actually ties into the next question, maybe actually covered a little bit. Um, the question was, how easy would it be for other countries to copy and paste the public money, public code campaign? Is much of the documentation specific to the EU? We, we don't, we think it's very, um, it's very easy to reuse that in other areas. And we have also seen that, that uh, there were, um, there were people who reused the materials in Asia. There were uh, people who reused it in Latin America. Um, there were people who reached out to us uh, from, from African countries. Um, so it, it's, it's from all around the world where people were reusing this already. So it's really not specific to the EU um, from the um, from the arguments there, I think it's also from the from the phrasing. You can slightly modify that in case you see that it has to be modified. But um, in general, I think for um, if you want to run that in your in your country, one of the easiest thing is translate the website into your um, into the language or languages of the the country you you want to uh, to target and. Um, then uh, see if we, maybe you could have a translation for the um, for your uh, for your language for the video, and uh, the other step might then be to maybe find a way to to translate the the brochure. But then I think uh, yeah maybe the brochure is a bit specific, more specific to the EU, but uh, because several of the examples there are about the EU. But yeah, you can you can also modify that then and and have that slightly different there. I mean, in in general, it's um, as I said, those are the tools which we provide. And as with software, it doesn't fit everybody's needs. Uh, but uh, as with free software, you are free to modify them and adapt them to your own needs. So that's that's what we we want to encourage you. Um, use the tools, see what is useful there, see how that's going. Um, every country, they, there are some specific cultural context. There are some specifics in how the 
um, how politicians there might approach things, how you have to approach it to, to influence the political decision makers. But in general, I think the, the overall framework is, it's very easy to, to modify and reuse it somewhere else. At least that's what uh, we have been told. So, okay. Yeah. And um, there seems to be a nice thread evolving here. Um, would you encourage, the next question was, would you encourage people outside of Europe to start a similar initiative or would you encourage them to join the current one? I mean, it's, it's uh, how do you join the initiative? Um, it's, it's in the end, I mean, I think, uh, I mean, if, if you want to run that yourself somewhere else, you can do that. Uh, in, the, in the end, I think uh, you might benefit from, as I said, just adding uh, your language there on the website. Maybe uh, we, you could think about uh, registering another domain which you forward there to the specific language because .eu might not be the right uh, URL for uh, what you want to uh, achieve then there. But beside that, I mean, you don't have to care about maintenance of the website. You don't have to care about a lot of things and can invest that time and energy then in the other steps, which are then um, not a one centralized uh, initiative where it's about you, your group, uh, your friends, contacting politicians, writing them letters, uh, um, going to their meetings, giving them phone calls, um, encouraging others to do the same. So this is very decentralized. And I think the only way how, how this will work is also to be decentralized. So there it's, it's not like one general mailing list you join if you want to do this somewhere. It's, uh, I mean, as I, as I showed with, uh, with Pika Pika, they, they reused the available materials and accomplished their goals in, um, in Asturias. So, and that's the same like uh, others are now doing, like the, the Swedish organization, which was contacting us about the, about the Swedish translation of the video just a few uh, weeks ago. They are now running a campaign there, and uh, there are others who are reusing that in uh, to promote free software in 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 Brazil. That's why we have a Portuguese uh, translation. So, yeah, that's uh, it's it's in the end. Um, I, I think I think it's often too specific to the countries to have overall worldwide discussions how to approach it there. I think what's useful is if we exchange knowledge knowledge of what worked in one area and what didn't work and uh, see that we don't replicate things which don't have to be replicated, but in the end then focus uh, with uh, your, um, in your area with the knowledge you have about this and you don't have to explain others first how, how do things work there. Um, so I would encourage you to yeah, reuse the materials and do that thing in, in your uh, area, region, country, um, city, university, school. <laughs> okay. okay. Um, next question was, uh, what were some of the objections that reluctant politicians gave you? How it's, it's in, it's often the general arguments, which you might be familiar with, like, um, but uh, if everybody can see the code, that software cannot be secure. One of the things which we also then countered in the, in the brochure. Another one is, but how will people make money if, you, if they give away the software for free, uh, which we also then explained in the, in the brochure that free software, it's about freedom. It's not about the price. And we actually want to encourage um, many, many companies to offer 
free software solution to governments and that governments uh, and public administration that they make sure that when they procure software that it's uh, under free software license and that they they get that from different uh, companies and to provide us for this so and uh, and thereby i mean also explain them that free software actually means more competition because you don't have such a vendor lock in and uh, even after you procure the software and you're running the services um, you still can continue to use the same software but can choose another service provider for that same uh, solution so uh, those are two things like how does uh, how can people still make money um, and the security part and uh, i mean then of course other objections objections were also about um, yeah but uh, that's so difficult <laughs> which of course i mean in in a lot of situations it's it's really hard to make such a change because uh, public administrations for many many years they were driving into a one-way street and now um, they realize that that's not a good situation where they are and that they actually uh, cannot take their own decisions anymore, but that some companies have a large influence on what governments can and what they cannot do and thereby what societies can and cannot do. So, of course, that's a lot of effort changing this, what they, all those mistakes being made the, many years ago. So, um, that's why then, I mean, our our reply there is then also, I mean, we don't think that you can do that from one day to another, but if you don't start, we will never have any change at all. So you have to, st uh, to, start, st um, to start at one place. So the next project you will run will require the, um, uh, the, uh, the company who is, uh, which is doing that for you, that it's published under free software license. So you can then, you're not so dependent uh, on this and you can also share that then with other public administrations. So yeah, that, that, those were the main objections. Uh, I, I remember there were some more which we also tackled in the, um, uh, in the, in the brochure. But um, I mean, in, in general, uh, the, the, the reply, <laughs> the usual reply is uh, when political decision makers see the video, oh, that makes a lot of sense. Why do we do this different actually? Um, especially from people who are not so in, into this topic. I have to talk with the experts in, in our party. Why, why aren't we doing this? So it's, it's pretty, I think, pretty clear for most of them when, when they understand this and see the video, see the arguments that this makes sense. This makes sense from a, um, from a, a sovereignty point of view for the administration. It makes sense from a, a money point of view for um, making the best use of taxpayers' money. It makes use. Uh, it makes best sense on how to collaborate between public administrations. I mean, we have seen that in the last months during the pandemic that uh, it's it's a large advantage if a lot of public administrations have the ability to talk with each other and exchange data with each other. Um, so, I would say that the, the, the general feedback was not so much objections, but more like, but how do we do that? Um, plus some misunderstandings I mentioned. Yes. Okay, uh, just had a, another question come in here. Um, have you found that English being the lingua franca uh, computing a huge barrier to your advocacy work in non-English speaking EU countries? Hmm. So is it, is it meant that, uh, that the software and uh, documentation of software is in English? Um, I'm, uh, it, the question is specifically about the advocacy work. So oh, okay. uh, I think that might be the. Mm. 
so I, I mean, in, of course, I mean, it's, it's a challenge if you want to, um, uh, to make progress in many different countries and they all speak different languages and not just uh, one country, one language, but sometimes one country, several languages. Um, that means that we have to translate all the materials or volunteers have to translate that. That's of course, uh, is an issue. I mean, with English, you can reach a lot of them still, but, um, yeah, it's, um, it's of course a challenge if you, if you have to translate materials into, into other languages and, um, maybe about, I mean, just if the question is meant about that with the, uh, with the software code itself, I have the feeling that's not so much of an issue, but one, one issue we have seen was that, uh, with free software licenses, um, it's sometimes an issue for some, uh, political decision makers that the documents are then in English and they would prefer to have that in, uh, in their own languages. So that's why also in some cases, um, public administrations then choose the EUPL, which has several translation into European, um, um, languages so that, for example, a uh, French public administration can use a license, which is also available in French. And it's not just an unofficial translation, but it's an official translation and uh, thereby the binding license there. So that that's yeah. one of the issues we have seen with uh, regard to languages. Okay. And, um, we have a minute left, but we just got another mm -hmm. question. So I want to include it. Uh, in the questioner says in Italy, there's a provision, uh, which they believe is an EU directive. Uh, that mandates justification uh, with a, or documentation of uh, when choosing a non-free option uh, or when buying software. This is usually done by comparing total cost of ownership and commercial solutions come out as winners because maintenance is an obscure point of cost. Is there uh, some way to work around this tactic? Yeah, it's difficult. I mean, in, in Italy, there's also this, uh, I mean, when you want to choose a new software that you first have to look if another public administration is already having such a solution. So you have to reuse that, or if there is a free software solution, you should use this. And just if you can show that this is not the case, you should be allowed to use proprietary software. That's the theory in practice. A lot of, um, public administration often work around, um, such rules. So that's one challenge there that, uh, I mean, when you have law, the, a, a policy process, it's often like there, there, there might be a law in one place, but then the more difficult thing is actually the implementation of the law. Um, now with this, uh, specifically it's, um, it's, it's really difficult of course, to, um, to compete with, um, large proprietary companies who, um, already have, a software which was developed for many many years they invested many hours in this and um, so they can offer that at a price which um, you might not be able to um, to offer when you um, are a company which was uh, developing that for a shorter time under free software license and um, so i think i mean there are some this some arguments there that you shouldn't just have a look at the um, at the costs at the moment, but that you should also consider long-term costs and uh, the cost of, for example, when you have a solution at the moment, how much would it cost if you have to change to another one again? So the exit costs of that uh, software solution. Um, the other um, argument is, of course, that um, the benefits which uh, free software provides to to a, um, to a public administration are not just 
um, money saving. It's uh, about other things as well. And um, one one argument which is at the moment getting more and more uh, power in in the EU at least is uh, the topic of digital sovereignty. So that in some cases you might have to invest more money to be able to control the software yourself. So you don't depend on one company, even if they provide the solution cheaper than another one. So you don't depend on them if you want to make changes, uh, policy changes. Um, so think about uh, um, the comic from the, from the beginning of the presentation, you should be in control of, uh, of what uh, government can do. Um, if, uh, if you, um, if you vote on something and you take a decision, you should be able to, to, to go there uh, to, to implement this decision and not uh, let the other um, uh, company of, of the proprietary software um, uh, decide about that. So going back from the money aspect is always a good thing to promote free software there. All right, great. We're actually over two minutes. Um, so lots of interest. And I want to thank you again, Matthias, and thank you and the FSFE for all the good work uh, with the campaign here. And best of luck. Thanks so much. Thank you very much. Thank you, Patrick, for doing the moderation. Thank you all for listening. And uh, thanks a lot to the FSF uh, team to provide all the infrastructure and making sure this all runs. Thank you very much.